the worship team did an amazing job just leading us to the throne of grace that we could tap into that which God has in store for us. The ushers as well are doing a great job. The media team, the sound team, and every other person who leads ministry, every other person who serves, I, I say thank you for making iPhone Runners be that which God has called it to be. I want us to turn. Okay, don't turn. <laughs> we have been doing the series, I Belong. And this month we are, doing on, we are dwelling on I Belong to Christ. And I want to share something that I won't say is for everyone. And the reason why I'm saying this it's not for everyone, especially for those who, want, who don't want to live a godly life. But this is for everyone who wants to, to see more of Christ glo glorified in their hearts. This is a message for the people who actually acknowledge and believe, people who walk as per the precepts of the word of God says. This is a message for those who want to see God move in and through their lives. It is incredible that God speaks promises over our lives. Each and every person, sometimes someone may come and just speak words of promise to us. The worship team speaks words of promise. Bible is also a book of promises by itself. And the Bible in the book of Joshua says that all prophecies, all promises that God spoke, they were fulfilled. You may hear a promise like today that you will get a job. You may hear a promise your mother will be healed. You may hear a promise that things will be okay. You may hear a promise that things will be better. And something about a prophecy and a promise is they bring hope. And hope is that which embraces the future, saying that today things are not okay, but in the future things will be okay. Things will just turn out fine. Most of the times that I have seen the promises of God being spoken, the people were in a bad place. That's why sometimes God can take you and put you in Egypt and put a Pharaoh and says, you are a chosen generation. The promises of God sometimes are spoken when you are in a dark place, you are sick, and then God says, I am going to heal you. But with the comings and goings of life nowadays, we have been made to come to the place that we may see the promise of what God actually speaks not happening and our faith is in a crisis we start wondering did god actually say i will be healed did god actually say i will go to school did god actually say this and this will happen and today i want to speak to us about something called the fruitful process i want us to turn to the book of isaiah chapter 37 God speaks light in darkness. 
You may be in a dark place, but God is speaking light today. In as much as the promises of God are yes and amen, some may take time. And in as much as they take time, God will take us through a process. That's why my title, my title is The Fruitful Process. Before I read that verse, this is a time whereby Hezekiah was the king of, of Judah. There's a time that Israel had split the, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom is actually Judah. The northern kingdom had ten kingdoms. And they were, they were, they were under, under certain kings. But the southern kingdom under Judah, they were under a king called Hezekiah. And at that time, a prophecy had been spoken that people will go into captivity, but the Lord will come and rescue them. And so, when Hezekiah was reigning, Assyria, Assyria was a kingdom. Kingdoms would come and go. Assyria was at the apex of defeating every force and power that will try to rise against them. And Assyria had overpowered Syria. They had, they had overpowered Philistine, Palestine, and they, have, they had overpowered Israel. And there's a guy by the name Sennacherib. Sennacherib was the king of the Assyrians. And Sennacherib was in uh, the, the major town called Lachish. And he had sent his commander in chief to Jerusalem so that he would have the people who are God's chosen, the Jewish people, the, the, the people of the tribe of Judah. And he was telling them, I want you to surrender or to face destruction. And the children of Israel were at a place that they had started to trust in Egypt. And now that they had wanted to go to Egypt, this commander-in-chief being sent by Sennacherib, Sennacherib, Sennacherib says that even if you turn to Egypt, I will destroy Egypt because they were at the apex of conquering whichever kingdom will try to come. And he said that I will also destroy other gods that you will try to turn to. Assyria was a wicked kingdom. They will impel you on a post and leave you hanging there to die. Assyria, they say that they will put skulls, like on Mombasa Road, they will put the skulls so that they will instill fear. And now a word of, of threatening has been spoken over the people of Israel. And then this message actually goes to Hezekiah, the king. And the message has come to Hezekiah, and now um, Sennacherib's um, commander-in-chief, he had also mocked God, the king of kings. And he was saying that, you people, you have to surrender or else destruction is going to come. And we are going to scatter you in your social structure. We are going to make you lose your sense of identity. We are going to do things to you that will make you not to be able to focus. We are going to discombobulate you, in other words, to confuse you. And this is a picture of what the enemy tries to do in the lives of, of our people today. The enemy tries to scatter you from your thoughts. He tries to scatter you from where you are at. He wants you not to focus. He wants you to become as good as dead so that you are someone who is like a dead man walking and you're subject to what the enemy is saying. And so Isaiah speaks to the, 
king, King Hezekiah, and he says, once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Imagine you are in a dark place and threats have come. And then the prophecy that comes is, you will take root below so that you can bear fruit above. And Israel knew well that they were God's chosen. They knew that they were the firstborn sons according to the book of Exodus. They knew that whenever they stepped into trouble, God was the man who would show up as a man of war. They knew everything. But then they are at a place under a king and under a king who has sent threats. Actually, before I speak about the root, I have to start with the seed because the fruit is in the tree. The tree is in the root and the root is in the seed. And from the Bible, I am meant to believe that God works with seeds. God works with seeds. That's why God says that great things actually come in small packages. The tree comes as a seed. The fruit comes as a seed. The Bible in the book of Genesis says, and God said, let the land produce vegetation and seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it so that it can spread. Again, the Bible says after the first man fall that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. God works with seeds. Sometimes us as young people in, in, in the world that we live in today, we want the fruit. But I'm here to remind us that we have to start from the seed. That's why God will put some things in you and he will say, I want you to bear fruit by taking root. Jesus in the book of John chapter 12 verse 24, he says, Verily, verily, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many of us want many seeds. Many of us want better jobs. Many of us, of us want money. Many of us want to be places of, of high honor. Many of us want such things, but you have to be buried first. Jesus says that a seed has to be buried. And being buried here, Jesus speaks in our context. Sometimes God can take you from a thriving environment. God can take you, can pick you from among other seeds. God can take you out of a relationship. God can take you out from school. God can take you out from any place because he has great plans for you. Remember the promises of God the plans of God, the things that God has spoken. You have to take root, but you have to go to the point of being a seed and being buried. Some of us in this place may feel that they are at a point of being buried. Some of us may feel that I am at a place where things are not making sense in my life. Could it be that you have been buried? 
Some of us may see that things are not happening. Why did I lose that job? And I successfully served. I was faithful in everything that I was doing. Some of us may have questions, but I'm here to remind you, you may think that you're buried, but remember that you're actually a seed. Science says that depending on the type of seed, it takes time to develop fruit. It takes some time, and this is under normal conditions, whereby you have been, the, the seed has been watered. The seed has been provided with the necessary uh, ingredients for the seed to start to grow. Uh, beans take like 7 to 13 days, capsicum 4 to 10 days, onions 6 to 10 days, and carrots 6 to 10 days. And that 6 to 10 days is actually figurative. You may be buried, but that is the place where you have been buried, is the place that you will flourish, is the place that you will thrive. That place actually is a launching pad for you to take root and bear fruit above. God is setting you up for a fruitful season. And I'm, I'm reminded of an arrow. For an arrow to, be, to go a long way north, it actually has to be pulled a long way south so that it goes in the same way. We have to go down so that we will rise up. And it's just for a specific season. I want you to hang in there. I've never seen a season that actually lasted forever. Jesus, in his own leadership terms, he said that, that leadership is actually descending to greatness. You start by going low, and that's why Jesus will go low to the point of washing his disciples' feet. And I'm here to tell you that you will be buried at some point in life, or maybe you are buried. The thing that you have to do is stop wallowing and complaining the place that you are in is only for a moment. You are going to come out fresher. You are going to come out with a, with a, in a different and new dimension. You are going to come out with a new perspective. You are going to come out stronger. It may seem that you're buried, but you're actually a seed. And the story continues. Isaiah chapter 27 verse 2 to 3 says that as the seed grows, God will actually protect it, and he will water it. In other words, as we are in the process, the fruitful process, as we belong to Christ, we are going to be at a place that God will water us with his word. God is going to water us with the necessary ingredients so that we will continue to flourish. And the Bible says that he will also protect you. Have you ever seen trees that are actually growing and you see sticks that are around? That tree started as a seed. That can be a symbol that God is actually hiding you. That can be a symbol where God is still working in you. God knows that when you get to the place of fruitfulness, when you get to the place that you have bore fruit and you haven't gone through the process of being hidden, you can be puffed up and lose what God has given you. That's why God will take us through a process. Abraham, for him to be fruitful, the Bible says that at the age of 75, he received the promise that he will bear fruit and he waited for 25 years. For us, we can just read the Bible from Genesis um, 12 to Genesis 25, and it's easy. We can read it in like 30 minutes and one hour. 
But for Abraham, we may tend to underestimate his personal struggles during that time. The other person is Moses. Moses waited for 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. Another person is David. David, from the moment he was anointed to the point he became king, it actually took between 13 and 15 years. I think we read it as a story and we just see that David, after killing Goliath, he flee from Saul. It was like an episode of 40 minutes. And then he becomes king. But it took time. He had to go through the process. Not to equate myself with these patriarchs. I got the call of God to become a pastor in 2009, September 18th. I will never forget that day. It's because I journaled. And God spoke to me so clearly, and he called me to be a pastor. I remember 2009, I was being called by ICC and the jobs that I will do. It's only God who understands. It's being called when a person who was the bus driver would go on leave, and I will go and run the photocopy machine. I will go and wipe seats in church. I will go and do things that are not even related to my calling. 2009, 2010, 2011 was when I joined Bible school. And I remember the things that I used to do, they never made sense. Some may see me standing here, it's like I have it all, but I'm still in the process. 2013, ICC took me as an intern. And internship, internship, you may understand how much you're being paid. 2013, I was there. 2014, I was again given another internship by ICC. 2015, I was given another internship. 2016, I knew that I was going to be given a job. I'm called to the office and I'm given another internship, now pastoral internship. For Abraham, no one could see the doubts, the fears, the questions, the what-ifs that he had. For Moses, no one will see the struggles and the issues that he struggled with. For David, when the first king was after his neck, no one will see that. And sometimes as we are in the fruitful process, God will hide us in our years of obscurity, in our years where we are not known. Churchill says that champions are made when no one is watching because you've chosen to take root so that you will bear fruit. I remember there were times I would complain and I remember, especially in 2015, being paid 12,000. And you have to pay rent 13,000. You have to tithe. You have to eat. And guys will come to my place for CG and I will use whatever I had. And people will celebrate and I will speak words of encouragement. But no one knew what I was going through. But I understood the season that I was in. I understood that I was in the process of bearing fruit. 
Now the fruit has developed some shoots and the, the shoot is growing into branches and we are about to bear fruit. I want us to turn to the book of John chapter 15. The Bible says that I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. I want you to get this. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Let's continue. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because, I, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. The last verse, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. Jesus is calling his disciples friends. I do not call you servants. Remember, we are speaking about the fruitful process. Jesus is speaking about his disciples. And then we are in, the, in a journey. We have developed branches. And the Bible says that the branches that bear fruit are pruned so that they will bear more fruit. Before I explain, Jesus in the book of Colossians says that I want you to be rooted in Christ. Someone says that, I can't find that quote, but it's, it speaks about the deeper the root, the stronger the visible tree will be seen. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, as you continue to grow in me, on your fruitful process, I will bring some pain in you. I will inflict some pain in you. And this is someone who has called you friend. You are growing. This person is saying that I will inflict pain, pruning. The pruning process is actually not something that is easy. 
And as you continue to grow, I want to bring into your minds that there are some things that you will lose. There are some people that you will lose. Who here is still friends with all the people that you are with in primary school or high school or university? We have to understand that there are some friends for a reason and friends for a season. In fact, the Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. If your friend is not hurting you so that they will build you, that is not your friend. Someone said, God protect me from my enemies, and as a result, he lost many friends. So God will prune you. He will take you from a thriving environment. He will remove some things in you, but there's a purpose in that pain because you belong to him. Yes, you may be making around 50,000, but God will remove you from that thriving environment so that you will start earning 120,000. But you see, if we never understand why friends come and go, if we never understand that we are in a pruning process, we will start crying and wallowing. In fact, the Bible in the book of John, we have spoken about remain, remain. The King James Version says abide, abide, and abide is to stay. To abide is to remain. Remain in me. There is no way a tree can grow somewhere else. You have to remain in the word of God. It doesn't mean that conflict won't come. That's why when Jesus was saying, remain in me, he was speaking about a possibility of conflict arising. But relationships are actually built on forgiveness. I'm trying to think in the circle of the disciples, um, 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 Judas would maybe take Simon Peter's wallet because he was the person who would keep money. And, and Jesus is saying, I know that conflicts will arise when they were having a debrief. A conflict will arise. Jesus was telling them, I want you to remain in me. In other words, will you still be friends if I take you out of that job? Will you still be friends with me if I remove that boyfriend? Will you still be friends with me if I remove you from that girlfriend? Will you still be friends if you lose the thing that you're holding so close. I want us to know that we are in a fruitful process. We are in a process whereby God wants us to bear fruit, but it happens by, it starts with a seed, and the seed develops into a tree, and the tree as long as it is rooted, it is rooted. You are rooted in the word. You are rooted in the word. You will understand the times and season. You will know that it's winter. This is the time that things are cold. You will understand that it is spring and summer and autumn. You will know what is happening in your life so that you will be able to understand and remain in God. The fruitful process is not an easy process. That's why we find many people walking out on God. Many people leaving Christianity. Many people seeing that the promises of God are not taking effect in their lives. The fruitful process. You will be buried. People may try and come and step on you while you're growing. But as long as you are in Christ because you belong to him, 
God will protect you. God will prune you. God will prune you. But will you still remain? Will you thank him for the job that you lose? Will you thank him for the miracle that he will not do? Will you thank him for the pain that he inflicts on you? From the examples that I used, Joseph, he took root below and bore fruit above. God never told him that he will go to Egypt. God never spoke such things. But what God meant by showing him the vision, the vision is actually a snapshot of where you're supposed to be. And the mission are the steps that you will take daily so that you get to the vision, so that you bear fruit above. Joseph had to trust in God. Moses, when he was in the wilderness, God was undoing things in his life. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 7 that Moses was taught in the wisdom of the Egyptians. He knew about the gods. He knew everything. But God took him to the wilderness so that he would undo. Abraham, he was in an environment that God wanted him to bear fruit. David, he had to go through that process. And let me finish by saying, when you ask for power, be prepared for pain because God will prune you. God will prune you. There's a sense of peace and joy and gladness that you will enjoy when you know the season that you're in, when you know that you are going through the motions of life, when, when, when you know that you are in a fruitful process. That's why you will never question, but you will ask God, what next do you want me to do? Someone say that if we actually don't wait on God while we are in the process, the things that we will birth will fight the promise. Look at the life of Isaac. He was always fought by Ishmael. And today the fight is still on. So if you don't go through the process, the things that you will birth will fight your promise. Speaking in front of me are people who maybe they are seeds. Maybe they are planted. Maybe you are going through a pruning process. You may see me as someone who is there, but I'm also in that process because God wants me to bear much fruit and God will prune me. We are all in different levels, but as long as you understand and you know where you are at, that is what matters. Let us bow down our heads. Just reflect on the word that has been spoken. You're saying that God, I am in this process. Help me. Just lift up your hand Thank you for those hands. I want you to know that you are in the hands of God. It is not the enemy that has buried you. It is God who has buried you.
There's nothing to do with the enemy because God says, I have you. You are my firstborn. You are my child. And every promise that I have spoken to you will come to pass. You're also here and you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand. Thank you for that hand. Just repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Help me, Lord. I am a new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, for those who raised up their hands, I commit them unto your mighty hand. Father, may you have your way. We thank you for they are in a fruitful process. So may you bring peace. May you give them the grace to endure. May you give them the joy, joy unspeakable. May they know that, Father God, that you are still working in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.